Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're second rate or sublime, from second best to next time, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's my co-host, Evan. And here he sits in front of me, and all the complexity I've mistaken for simplicity, it's my co-host, Sacred. So you thought I was simple, but I'm actually more complex than that. Well, either that or I'm really bad at reading people. It can be hard. It can be hard. I think I've I've underwritten a lot of people uh, over the years. Uh, people that have gone on to surprise me later. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, never wrong, though. That's my <laughs> thing. That's my thing. When, I, I don't know, what, see, I think even my first impression of you, perhaps, was incorrect. I think there was some some complexity that I mistook for simplicity there. I thought you were a big party boy. I am a big party boy. Yeah, I'm but I think... right, I'm partying right now. <laughs> At the very yeah, guys, we'll be back in a second. Woo! <laughs> Fuck COVID. My room is full of people. <laughs> they are all standing very quietly around you in the Zoom window. Yeah, I got a I got a bunch of chads in here with me. <laughs> kind of terrifying. They cannot uh, wait to take off their muscle shirts and show me how good they are at mm. beanbag tossing. No virgins, all chads with you. All That's... chads, all <laughs> rad. That's tubular. your motto. Yep, uh, yep. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought you were solely a party boy. I thought you were just somebody who who drank and stank and double spank. Like, is anyone just solely a party boy? Uh, like, I think there's a certain point in people's lives. I probably I met you ten years ago. You were what thirteen, fourteen then, and yeah. like it. I felt like you, you know, were a lot less complex than you actually uh, were. Was getting crunk. Yeah, thirteen years old. <laughs> when did you have your first alcoholic drink? Uh, t- not like a sip of beer. In Japan, when I was like twenty, really? Yeah, I wanted to. I mean, I didn't drink illegally. I was super straight edge in yeah. uh, high high school. That's right, because you were a ska um, boy, and to, to be inducted into the cult of ska, you have to be super straight edge. No, no, I was a ska punk, and uh, we were the we were the straight edge punks, and you know that. I look back on that, and I'm glad I did it. But uh, you know, <laughs> no, I don't. Please, please explain like, more. Like, as, like when you're in punk and in, in the punk subculture at that point in time, there was like two two ways you could go. Mm-hmm. It was like straight edge punk, or Nazi punk, or crust punk. Like those were like the three. Yeah, that. Hey, fuck your fuck your <laughs> counting, man. Hey, fuck you, fuck you. You don't know what punk is if you think if you think <laughs> the numbers are even gonna. <laughs> That's sure. not the point. That's not the fucking point, dude. All right. So, so of the three, I'm glad I went with straight edge. Wait, I thought there was regular Nazi crust. There's also straight edge. So I said straight edge. There's no regular punk, dude. Oh, okay. God, <laughs> you can't just be a flavorless punk. Yeah, yeah, okay. it just doesn't work like that. Well, I guess you can. You could be like a poser. Sure. I'm surprised. That was, big, that was a big word back when I was in a uh, poser. Poser back oh, in yeah. like, back in high school. We called everybody posers. Yeah, in like the Living early the lifestyle. I, I remember in the early 90s, I read it a lot, but I was too young to... I think Skate or Die said poser a lot. That NES mm-hmm. game called people posers when you like failed a mission or something. So that's where I got it from. And it was a pretty good insult for a while. I didn't know what it meant or what I was actually saying. but Yeah, people uh, used it like people use... I mean, it just got overused and then kind of fell out of Sure. Use. We should bring it back. Poser's pretty good. It kind of is. I mean, Except, we use we use we use hipster a lot in the same way. That's I true. think nowadays we should we should retake poser as a compliment for models. You're a real poser. I like that. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's a uh, that's somebody who 
doesn't who looks like they know what they're doing but doesn't <laughs> it's like the reverse of the line we opened on you've sure. just taken all this uh complexity <laughs> for simplicity um i kind of wish that you had gone the crust punk i, I wish there were an evan out there that was like a gg allen like real just smeared in shit yeah. uh sort of fucking chumbawamba baby yeah <laughs> i think i think you would go to a chumbawamba show and fucking cut all the wires with a katana chumbawamba does not represent crust punk do they yeah it does they're they were straight up anarchists they were when the when tub thumping came out they were living like on the street really and they donated most of the money they just donated it and uh yeah yeah they are they were they live in the punk lifestyle man they were anarchists they were like living in an anarchist commune and they still might be that's interesting because I am looking at a picture of Chumbawamba and they, one of them is wearing a pinstripe suit. <laughs> These guys look like the opposite of crust punk. It's very funny. Um, but they uh, were, they yeah, were anarchists at some point. At, you know what? Everybody yeah. grows up at some point, and that's okay. Yeah, it's um, a, what was a SLC punk. Right? Yeah, they all, you just become a lawyer. Yeah, SLC punk. It's, you've told me to watch that documentary before. and uh, it's not a documentary. <laughs> I need to get my hands on it. Oh, Chumbawamba looks like a fucking lawyer firm nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very, sure. Very, very sad. Uh, okay, anyway. Um, wow, but Chumbawamba, Tub Thumping is a great song. Can you think of any other Chumbawamba song? Uh... I think I they're, can't. they're kind of just a one-hit one wonder, right? Which is a real shame because fucking uh, Tub Thumpin' Rules. Like, what a great song that is. But I don't even know what else was on that album. I mean, I know I list. I, I can picture the album in my head. Like, yeah. the album cover had, like, a little weird baby face on it. Yeah. Amnesia, Drip, 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 Mary, Mary. Enough is enough. Top of the world. Ole, ole, ole. Holy shit, they had a lot of albums. All right. Well, we got to do... We'll do the Chum Cast. Uh, chumming, chumming the waters. Tossing, tossing chum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both good. Um, all right. Ebo, right now, though, we need to focus on a lesser band. <laughs> we need mm. to focus on... No, no, no. They're great. I love them. They're great. I love them. I have to keep saying it to myself or else I will lose faith. The Bernicked Ladies. Oh, man. Are you, are you preparing yourself for another heartbreak? Hold on. Here it comes. <laughs> this week's song is called... <laughs> <laughs> Another heartbreak. And if you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. Hold on, here comes another heartbreak. Hold on, here comes another heartache. Too bad, but it's still a chance I had to take. Hold on, here comes another heartbreak. Soaking in Okay, Ebo, yet another heartbreak that we mm -hmm. have to deal with. Let's, before we even get into the song, another heartbreak, another postcard, another spin, break your heart. What are they doing? What the uh, fuck is wrong with these boys? They have a jar of words. <laughs> And then they just shake it up and they pull out, you know, between one and six words. Sure. And then they arrange them. Okay. And they, then they put them back in the jar. They do arrange them. So this could, uh, break your heart could not have been like, uh, heart your break. They had yeah. to arrange them in the order that makes yeah, they, sense. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's where the artist comes in, right? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Just like, come, boys, we have to get a grip on our titles. Like, that sucks. Well, a lot of times, I don't, like... 
I know that your band has like batshit random names for all their songs, but like a lot of times you don't name something until after it's completed. At least in my experience, like when I'm writing when I'm writing something, I don't come up with the I very seldom come up with the title before I actually have the the piece but together. I know, but you so have you would, prefer, you would like him to basically change the entire chorus of the song to be no, a different word. Just call the song "Hold On." That appears An- more than the word "heartbreak." Another Bart break. I caramba. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, this is what you've called this one. I understand. Yeah, call it hold on. Call it uh, a chance I had to take. Call it something that's not so close to the titles that already exist. Because here's what happened. In mm. my head, when I think of this song, I go, another heartbreak with chimpanzees. <laughs> you know I do do that too. <laughs> because there's no other. And already, just like you know, uh, Summertime or a song like that, you're comparing it to songs that have already existed. And compared to another postcard, compared to another spin, my favorite song off Our Men, the song is kind of ass. I don't know. Oh. I'm going to come right out and say it. I, I It's not terrible, especially in comparison to those two it might be, but, like, it's just not a great song. It feels like filler. Um, You know, I think, I, I think this comes, like, squarely in the middle for me. Like, I think I liked another postcard more. And I think I liked another spin less than this song, <laughs> ah, so it's like right in the middle. And I know man. you're you're a spin boy. I am a you're spin like, you're, boy. You're a spin doctor. You spin Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and just, I mean, even when I first looked at this song, I looked at the lyrics before I listened to it, and I I had a moment where I was like, "What is this going to be? The first ten minute, it's all been done episode." Because there's, it seems like there's just so little content to mine. There's a chorus. There's one, two, three, four choruses, and only three verses. So yeah, we ha- it's a Kevin Hearn song. Yeah, but I don't think his other his previous songs were like that, were they? Another. I think spin- this is just like he has been allowed each 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 lady in this one each B and L boy has been allowed to like become their darkest self for a track on this <laughs> album. I think. Sure, this is Kevin Hearn's darkest. Well, this is we just any- this is just like him too much. Sure. We've not dipped into the later songs yet. There could be a much darker, uh, yeah. you know, Kevin, yeah, I don't know. I Kevin don't know. Hearn song. I don't know. I, that's that's interesting. But I, I kind of wonder what Kevin Hearn's darkest self looks like. It's going to have some very sad specificity, which I don't really think that this... Well, this song it does have some specificity in it. Um, I think Kevin Hearn's darkest se- darkest self is just a song that's all chorus. Yeah, that could be. And, and then he just repeats one or two yep, words over and over again. Just hold about on. To say it's just that. him going, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because he was still writing the song and Ed was like, hurry up, we have to record. And he was like, hold on, hold. And then they just ended up incorporating that into the song itself. Um, we do have one, two more Herney boys coming up on this album. Mm. He closes the album out with Watching the Northern Lights. That sounds very specific. I'm excited. And the other song he wrote is called Jerome. <laughs> How much more specific than, well, there you you go. <laughs> than my childhood friend's name. Um, boy, speaking of Kevin Hearn on this song, I'm going to go ahead and bring up my YouTube comment of the week already. Oh, uh, here it comes. And it's not from YouTube. Sakers, 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 YouTube comment of the week. <laughs> I feel like we should have a drop for that. <laughs> Uh, this one is actually not from YouTube. It's from Song Meanings. Uh, this is from a user named Dougalpop on November Ooh. 29th, 2014. He said, this song seems like it should be on Sesame Street. He sounds like Ernie, which I truly... Huh. I don't, I don't I think, think he, he sounds, sounds like Ernie. He sounds more like Bert than Ernie, but I think he was making that confusion. Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, but that, that made me giggle when I read it. I, I don't know if I could hear this on Sesame Street. 
Kevin Hearn always sounds like he snuck into the recording booth and he's afraid he's going to get caught. Yes, absolutely. Like, that's how he sings. Like, he sings like he's looking over his shoulder between he's, every verse. He sings like he's got each hand in a cookie jar. Yeah. And he's just waiting for the other shoe he knows, to drop. He knows, it's, he knows they're coming for him. <laughs> he knows mom is going to come soon. He does. He invites his mom to every studio session to cross her arms and scowl at him while he sings his songs. <laughs> it's very sad. So, Kebbo, we let's talk a little bit about this song. I love the opening it is pure yeah. pure Kev. Yeah, um, yeah. Just the, the single sad piano. Yes. And Kev's quavery vocals. Yes. I could not think uh I could not think of a better, more maudlin instrument for for him. I mean, maybe maybe an accordion or like a crackling hurdy gurdy. Yeah. Like <laughs> on, like played through a wax cylinder. Like those are the only things I can think of for Kev. He could play a theremin, maybe. I could hear it's not Ooh. sad, but it's weird. It's weird, but I feel like it's got too much energy for him. It might overpower him. Yeah, you might be right. That might be true. Uh, yeah, for it's certain. Like giving Kev, Kev a theremin would be like giving a kid like it's like you go to a birthday party when you're a kid and you get like a two liter of soda all to yourself. <laughs> I think it's just it's just too much. Like I feel like it's too much of a good thing. <laughs> and you're just up all night bouncing off the walls. Like he's like Ooh, with this little theremin. Something from my home planet. How cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, but that, I, if, if the whole song had been the way the opening was, I would have mm-hmm. been down on this song. Because oh. as soon as those rock guitars come in, they are so unnecessary. They just, they chug, they, they brug. They're too loud, my boy. They're, they're, and I, I also feel like they're too reminiscent of the loud, soft dichotomy that we just got in that last song. Where summertime yeah. was those big, like, oh, it's cool, living it up. Like, <laughs> this is the same, like a cute little sweet piano. And then we bring in these big ass, stupid rock guitars. I don't know. I just, I wasn't a fan of that. Hold on, here comes another heartbreak. Soaking in another rain. I thought it was okay. It wasn't as jarring for me as summertime. Really? And, uh, yeah, I think that. I don't know, like summertime, it felt like it didn't belong. And here they felt, they felt a little off-putting, but at the same time, they, they were germane to the song itself for me. We call it Jerome to the song. It's, uh, Jerome yeah. to the song itself. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Hurt specific. Um, I felt like this song was like, uh, uh, it's, it's a shopping cart where three of the wheels work, right? And mm-hmm. like every so often you'll be going to the aisle, you'll be like, what a pleasant shopping trip. And then all of a sudden it'll start to go out of fucking control and you're slamming into the Oreos. Like I feel I often, I often think that when I'm at the grocery store, what, what a, a pleasant, pleasant shopping trip I am on right now. <laughs> like when it gets soft, I'm just having the time of my life. I'm passing up the goldfish I'm passing up the Cheez-Its. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the rock guitars come in and I found myself waist deep in the applesauce and I can't get out. <laughs> Help <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Crying like Kevin Hearn. Guys, I cut my tongue on the applesauce spoon again. (laughs) He has a specific apple, like a grapefruit spoon. (laughs) I have to eat applesauce from this spoon. Um, (laughs) The harmonies are good. We finally brought back harmonies. Oh yeah, like the it's. I love that they 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 harm on like the hold on. Yeah, and then it's just like that. It's just Kevin's voice doubled up, and then they they only come in for hold on. (laughs) It's good. I mean, it's yeah. I really liked that actually. It's nice to get a little glimpse of this in and know that they're still capable of it, right? You think they would headline it more after Steve left on this album because it was always Mm -hmm. such a strong suit for them um, that they would be like, hey, we can still do it, guys. But we're on track three now. We're just getting some glimpses of it. Hold on, here comes another heartbreak. 
they're uh, just edging us. They're edging us. They're getting oh, us so close. That's exactly what this song is. The song is edging, which means the next song has to be a blowout. The next song is four a seconds. Blowout. That's what I want to look. That's what I want after an, after some edging is a total <laughs> blowout. And then I want to paint the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, Ev, I'm so excited for you to hit the next song. You're going to hate it with the fury of a thousand men. And I'm just, God, I know you I'm, I don't I'm, know me. I'm prepping you for it, but boy, oh boy, I do know you. Um, speaking of the next song, I feel like there was a hidden suite in here somewhere, right? Summertime, obviously mm-hmm. a summer tune. Uh, this song is kind of a, a fall-esque tune. They even mention you know, I'm searching through the autumn leaves. We have this rainy day with a parade. Like, I felt like mm-hmm. this was very evocative of fall. Now I'm searching through the autumn leaves. Well, I think that this was, I like the seasonal imagery. Um, and honestly, I think this song is about the same relationship as serendipity. Huh. Okay, let me look up the lyrics to serendipity while you explain. Well, it's he's just talking about a summer relationship. Like sure. I lost my I lost my way in the summer breeze, so I fell in love with somebody in the summer. Sure. I fell onto my hands and knees and and this obviously it broke up just like in serendipity and now he's in autumn all alone walking sadly oh. along the side of a duck pond. Oh, interesting. So it's not so much a suite of songs that are in a row on this album. It's a suite of Kevin Hearn songs. Serendipity yeah, with that, summer. Yeah. Okay. And I, I mean see. it makes sense that he's drawing on the same memory. Yeah. It, I mean, we all we all know he's only had one relationship, <laughs> and this is the only memory he has of that relationship <laughs> is the breakup. Um, boy, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, Serendipity mentions you know the coldest season on its way, and this song seems to be that interstitial period where he's mourning before the really accepting his loss. Um, boy, that's very possible. Interesting. Um, well, um, I was also wondering if that meant you run away with spring, but I think you've debunked that theory for me. I was trying to think of I don't know them springing away from from Steve. No, there's spring nothing into there. fall. There's nothing there. <laughs> this and and speaking of the lyrics, this is the classic like Kev like so specific that it becomes non-specific hyper focus, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was I was I was ra- it was raining and the street was wet and it was collecting in this specific crack on McClendon Avenue and there was a spider drowning in there and. And like, and he's ignoring the parade happening across. Like, I guess there was also a parade, but like, he's... although like that that didn't jive for me because like they cancel parades because of rain. Yeah, what parade is happening during the like during like a rain? Weird, storm? very weird. Yeah, especially a long parade. Well, that's why I was wondering, because I think, obviously, Kevin's parade is metaphorical, right? But mm-hmm. what is it a metaphor for? Like, I don't know. He stopped and watched the long parade of ants. He stopped and watched the long parade of... Parade of rainy days. Oh, there we go. Yeah, because you're right. It doesn't jive any other way. It's winding slowly through the maze. Yeah, also not something that parades do, like this fucking yeah. minotaur shit. <laughs> Down in... Fucking Crete yeah. fighting a minotaur. But yeah, I think that, again, Kev really, really, really goes for like metaphor and symbolism. Sure. I feel like in his writing, this one I didn't 
know what it was. Unlike Hidden Sun, I could sort of unpack and um, yeah, I I this one I could not I could not get. For good yeah. luck, jump to grab. Saw a butterfly. Yeah, fallen I, leaves. I feel like as he goes on, he's falling apart more and more uh, in terms of his songwriting. Um, no, I'm just I feel like we're just not complex enough to get the the depth of his. That could lyricism. be, and actually, I don't even agree with myself because I think another spin is a better song than Hidden Sun. Um, but then again, I think another whoa. another spin. I've said that before. Another spin. Another spin. And I isn't, said whoa last time too. I'm going to say it every single time. <laughs> it isn't metaphorical. It's very literal. That one. There was not a whole lot to unpack in that one. This one. There's oh, obviously Hidden Sun. No, no, no. Another spin. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This one. There's there's something to unpack, and I can't. I don't know what it is. Um. Maybe I stopped and watched the long parade is uh, Parade Magazine, and he's or maybe looking it's the, for the Black Parade. Uh, maybe um, it's the Black Parade. Maybe he could have been reading uh, just like uh, Marilyn uh, Marilyn von Savant. What the fuck was her name? Who wrote that Parade Magazine <laughs> column? Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. Oh my god! I used to read Parade Magazine all the time. Uh, well, never mind. Uh, yeah, Black Parade could be that. Um, what other parades are there? parade it's like a gatorade but made from squeezed up pears Fuck, it's like that par- pear cider good as hell i want some parade oh man mm, that does sound really good or maybe nice... maybe there was just a dropped syllable here and he was aiding an up hair he was doing a mm. parade um i stopped and watched the long up hair aid uh okay in any case <laughs> <laughs> i think we've mined that for all it's worth like Kev, also Kev. I mean, we have we have all of his. You're right, darkest self. He could not shake the impulse to repeat the part of the chorus at the end of the song. That's just his staple. It's what he does. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I was listening to it. It reminded me of a theater exercise when I was a theater major for like a month in college where like you'd have to memorize a, uh, a, a, a monologue. And then Mm -hmm. you would have to pick out the one word from that monologue that defined the character trait, the character choice. And then you would have to walk around the room looking into other people's eyes as you walked around and say that word, just like anger, 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 and repeat the word. This is Kevin. Like, Finding oh, the core of this character as he wanders through the song. That made my hand palm sort of sweat even <laughs> as you were saying that. That, felt, uh, that would be so uncomfortable. It was wild. Certainly was a strange time. Um, boy, hey, Ev, when, when, uh, when the world starts back up again and I start doing improv again, are you going to come to my improv shows? Fuck no. <laughs> I am surprised by his optimism in these lyrics. The lyrics do seem more optimistic than other songs, don't they? Yeah. I mean, he's he's always been sort of forward-looking in yeah. his relational his relational like meanderings. So yeah, it I just think, yeah, I think yeah. I just think it always kind of diverges from uh, the sound of the song, which always sounds a little sadder. But yeah, in this, I just think that line too bad, but I had to do it. Like that's mm-hmm. so f- optimistic. Like, damn, Kev. Okay. Hold on, here comes another heartbreak. Hold on. Better to have loved than waiting for love. Uh huh. You got it. That's exactly right. Better to wade into that pool of can't love. Can't get 
can't get loved again. <laughs> love me once, shame on you. <laughs> if that's but what you love, you got another love coming. You know, coming. Yeah. Um, here's my interpretation. I think Kev was maybe dating a woman whose name was Autumn, and he thought Ooh, that she was name. she was too simple, so he cheated on her with a woman named Summer. Uh, mm-hmm. And he feels bad, but ultimately scratching that itch was worth it to him. Uh, he felt like it was something he needed to do. And, uh, you know. I think he was also cheating on Summer with a woman named uh, Knees. Knees? And hand, uh, t- t- sisters named Hands and Knees. <laughs> he fell on them. <laughs> that, oh, it's not what it looks like. I just fell down on Hands and Knees. <laughs> and my full fists went up their vaginas. Whoa. I may cut that. That took a real dark turn. <laughs> What? Two sisters who love Fistin? The Fistin sisters? You disagree with them? Uh, the Twistin and Fistin. Twistin and Fistin. The Evan Dickens story. That's me. <laughs> I put that on my tombstone. <laughs> I'm using this podcast episode 121 as evidence of your will. Evbo, that's really all I... Oh, the solo. I wrote that there's a solo in the middle. Oh, yeah. That... There, there are two there solos. There are two solos. The first and they one, are one of them is really good, and the other one is not. The first one reminded me of like a rock band doing the national anthem for some reason. Yeah. Like I don't know what gave me that impression, but it was... I really liked that one. Like yeah. the first solo where it was just not really. It was just a, a weird little interlude, a musical interlude. second one after they come the first one comes before the and here you stand in front of me and right. then after that line for simplicity comes another solo which is just them playing the song without him singing yeah 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 I, i'm never a fan of I, I mean i call those green album solos but uh yeah not a fan of of that weezer-esque yeah. uh, sort of thing That's ev- that's all the notes I had on another heartbreak. It was Ooh. difficult to mine this one. It was a it was re- yeah. really a it was a I found this one on YouTube in a uh, playlist called Take It Easy Rock. And <laughs> yep, this is about is, is easy rock taking it. And uh, did you see the official BNL video? Do you know how many views it had? It like one hundred and fifty or something. Yeah, it has like two hundred now because like fifty of those are from me and you doing this <laughs> okay. for this record. Sure, yeah, but, like, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Um, there was something I'm taking to heart is, uh, somebody on our, uh, somebody on our discord, um, said that this album is like very great and somewhat experimental. And I'm, I'm sorry that I can't find your name at the moment. I am looking through the, uh, oh, it was Isum. And he said, I think you'll be fine in PPE as long as you don't compare. Lyrically, there's definitely less to deconstruct, but musically it's largely still great. The other boys step up. And I think I kind of agree with Isum here. We're like, there's nothing going on on this one. It's just kind of, I don't know. The lyrics are very, very simple. And that sucks because I feel like that's what we deconstruct the most with these songs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I think they're about the same. Really? For the most part, yeah. Wow. I feel like we could draw so many like, here's a story. Here's what could have happened in this song. And maybe it's this person's point of view. And maybe it's this person's. Maybe it shifts. But like... Now it's just... Well, I, fe- I felt like we were kind of pushed into that because all of Steve's songs were about the same thing. That might be true. But I, I don't know. I feel like he was a little more... I don't know. A, a little deeper. But you're right. This is still metaphorical. We're just not smart enough to get it. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's our fault. Yeah. The problem, the problem, the fault lies in us. The fault lies in the stars. Uh, did you have anything else to say about this song before we jump to other uh, versions? Did you, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about a couple versions. I found an acoustic version. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. And it pissed me off. It pissed you off. Really? Why? Because isn't piano an acoustic instrument? Okay, Mr. Semantics. Nobody thinks of piano as an acoustic instrument. Every it's it's an acu- they're all acoustic instrument. Yeah. Anything it's like anything that doesn't plug in is an acoustic instrument. But when people say like acoustic version, they're thinking it's on an acoustic guitar, right? You don't think you don't immediately think because otherwise it would I say think like when I, piano when I hear acoustic, version. I when I hear acoustic, I think unplugged is what I think. I get see unplugged gives me that impression. When I hear acoustic, I'm thinking guitar only. When I hear unplugged, I'm thinking we're going to have Jim on that stand-up. We're going to have, you know, Kev on the piano. Um, but no, I, I don't think it's a full band. Um, so you are uh, uh, s- correct by the letter of the law, but incorrect by the spirit of the law, I would say. I don't think so. I think that I don't know why they replaced the piano with a, with a shittier guitar. Now that I agree with. But I do feel like it lost out for lack of piano, but it gained a lot from the lack of the chugga-chugga. So this one was like uh, just less interesting in general, but it was. I liked the where they were going like ah ah <laughs> like that like that like the little uh, nice vocals on like the seasonal imagery stuff. Yeah 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 yeah. And then uh, like Tyler is just doing his little tippy tap on a muted snare. Yeah yeah, uh, Tyler is such a good. He plays so well with the other boys because I think he knows. That when they get experimental, there's not a whole lot that he like. Let's do an acapella song in this set, and he's just like, "I guess I'll just slap my head." Like, is that good enough for you guys? <laughs> like, he just—he's such a, a game dude. It seems like. Um, I don't know. Uh, how about the uh, CMT? He's just happy to be invited. I'm just happy to be invited. Yeah, he's just happy to to make a million dollars quarterly. <laughs> That's all he ever wanted in life. Um. The version from CMT 2010. Did you see that country one? Country Music Tour. I think it is. I didn't actually look up yeah. what CMT stood for. Is it? Country I did. Music I saw tour? all the other versions, but after the acoustic one, I just was like, I just don't want to listen to this one again. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, CMT is yeah, uh, Country Music Network. So Country Music Television. I'm not sure why they were on there because this is definitely not a country song. Um, but I thought you know there's there's some gorgeous opening extemporization by kev where he goes much longer with that piano part which i thought was great um he's wearing this very embarrassing fedora he needs some help with hats um i thought bnl felt a little more full live now weirdly because each person has a job each person sings Mm -hmm. and has an instrument before steve was kind of an odd man out he was a welcome odd man out but he's just kind of dancing awkwardly on the stage yeah live it felt weird um, and then at the end, Ed takes the lead and Kev backs him up and it sounds awesome. This is what they should have had on the album where like uh, Ed goes like, hold on. And then Kev like extemporizes some stuff uh, behind hmm. him when he sings. Like, okay. It's very cool. Very, very cool. I thought this was uh, perhaps the best version of this song was that CMT one. Probably when they do it live, um, it is much better. Ebbo. Yeah. Can you tell me which science fiction movie creates another heartbreak? I could. But I've already forgotten. All right. Because the one I'm telling you about is none other than Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Consider that a sci-fi movie. I guess it is. Man, you are all about technicalities. I'm I'm not even going to say something because you're just going to sit here and convince yourself that it is a (laughs) sci-fi movie. Well, I mean, it's, it's fictional science, so... 
I mean, I've convinced myself it took no there time. There you go. Didn't even need to. Didn't even need to weigh in on that. Sure. Big yeah. Boy. Absolutely. All right. Uh, okay. Tell so, me. Yeah. 2004 directed Michelle Gondry directed uh, movie starring Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Also Kirsten Dunst, Mark Ruffalo, and Elijah Wood. Yeah, I forgot Elijah uh, Wood was in that movie. Yeah, he plays the kind of he plays the dick. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Jim Carrey cast against type playing Joel Barish, and Kate Winslet cast against type kind of playing Clementine Krasinski, who's like a, I, she's a manic pixie dream girl, mm-hmm. right? Oh, one hundred percent. But she's aware, like it, the movie is aware of the fact that she is. Yeah. So it kind of plays with it a little bit, and she kind of, ex, it, it, it kind of shows that. Yeah, it, it hints that she has maybe borderline personality disorder or something like that. Yes, yeah, definitely. And so, so I don't know if this is like a meta critique of the trope or if it's just like starting to become self-aware like an AI. The trope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good question. I've never thought about that before. I haven't seen this movie in probably ten years. Uh, probably worth a rewatch. I remember fucking loving it. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's one of those movies that kind of was of a time and a place. And uh, so, anyway. The, the whole gist of the movie is that there's this lacuna incorporated and you can go and get your memories erased. Yes. Period. A full stop. End of thing. And then they just play with that quite a bit. Um, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet were in a relationship that lasted two years. Then they broke up and she got her memories erased. And Jim Carrey didn't at first and then goes to see her one last time, but sees her kissing Elijah Wood. And uh, that's. And then he goes and gets his memory erased. And then there's like three nested narratives mm-hmm. uh, all dealing with like this memory erasure, which is why it's a sci-fi movie, because when the sci-fi element is integral to the plot. Sure. It, it, it's, it's science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Interesting. That's why I would put it science fiction before drama romance or whatever. So he decides to get his memory erased. And so the first narrative is him having his memory erased, but we get to like be in his memories as they're all being erased. And he sort of like an episode of Black Mirror. He, uh... Uh, basically goes through all uh, he and sees all his memories sort of in reverse yeah uh, as they're being erased and he and kate winslet the memory of kate winslet uh fall in love all over again and try and hide from this and he tries to wake up but he can't and blah 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 he gets his mind erased there's a lot of nightmare fuel in those sequences where he's trying to remember his memories that he's forgotten and like people's mm-hmm. faces being blanked out and them turning him around or him turning them around and they're like the same on all sides and yeah it's it's fucked yeah. up it's really fun though it's a fun movie in the end, and there is the, yeah, the, yeah. there's the the uh, just like kind of the the cyclical maybe nature of this song. I think there's also the the implication in that movie that uh, this has happened before and will happen again. They're gonna get into a relationship, get into a fight. Oh, they do. Yeah. They do actually get into the relationship again because they have they they the beginning of the movie they meet at a train station in Montauk and hit it off yes. basically. Yeah. Um. So and then the the movie sort of uh, goes back from that point in, in reverse, sort of, and then. They get together, and at the end, she Kate Winslet even says, "Like we're not gonna. I don't want to be with you because you know we're just gonna get into a fight again, and it's gonna fall apart." Yeah, yeah. And Jim Carrey, of course, goes, <laughs> "Hold on, here comes another heartbreak, <laughs> but I guess it's a chance I have to take." Man, let me tell you, I've only seen I think three of his movies, but Charlie Kaufman, who co-wrote this one with uh, Michelle Gondry, mm-hmm. might have the highest hit ratio for me of movies that I stories that I've 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 seen on the big screen. Being John Malkovich and Eternal Sunshine and uh, Synecdoche, New York are all fucking bangers. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, just a uh, well. You just you still have, you haven't you still haven't watched uh, all the Fast and Furious movies though. Oh, an adaptation. So. Oh yeah, I do need to see the Fast and the Furious films. We need to have our. Did you know? Speaking of adaptation, did you know that the instead of Jim Carrey, they were originally going to cast Nick Cage? 
I, ju- I don't know if it was audible, but I just opened my mouth so wide and so quick that both sides of my jaw popped. <laughs> Nick Cage brought me physical pain on this podcast. <laughs> wow. Unreal. That's incredible. Can you- I mean, there's a 50% chance he would do it right. And there's a 50% chance he would be... <laughs> that this would just- be in the 50 cent bin at Walmart, this movie, instead yeah. of being remembered as a classic. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. Boy, there's always... Jim Carrey is really great in this movie and in all of his uh, dramatic roles, Truman Show, stuff like that. And it always amazed me as a kid, uh, because when this movie came out, like 2004? 2004. 2004. Um, when, when comedic actors uh, had these turns, Adam Sandler in um, uh, Punch Drunk Love, one of my favorite movies of all time, but boy, oh boy, that fucking turn is just incredible. He's so good. Robin Williams in One Hour Photo. Yes, where he extemporizes about Neon Genesis Evangelion, the only thing I remember about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Ev, thank you. Hmm. I appreciate your work. You're a good man. Uh, Now it's time to rate this song. (laughs) Ev, as we always do, we rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more songs this clothes is wearing, the badder. (laughs) The more songs this clothes ain't wearing, the great. As usual, we start with you, so go ahead and give us a rating. Have you ever been on a blind date? Have you ever went to a neighbor's house and the food just ain't no good? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've never been on a blind date. Nor, nor have I. Um, I think that's a that, relic of a, a like an 80s, 70s, 80s sort of like sitcom culture that persisted when people from that era were still writing sitcoms into the 90s and maybe 2000s. Mm-hmm. And But really, the tradition has been dead for 30 years at this point. I don't know. I still think that like... Yeah, because especially because with the internet nowadays, yeah. you can find out anything and everything you need to know about somebody for sure, um, and talk to them beforehand and stuff like that. So you'd have to you'd have to almost take like both of you would have to take pains. <laughs> you'd have to like like consciously avoid finding out anything about the other person to be a blind date. Like you leave your phones at home. Uh, you, you come wearing like clothes, like you come, you go to the thrift store beforehand Mm -hmm. and you spend $20 and you buy yourself like a, a a smoking jacket and some corduroy pants. Wait, I'm sorry, because the clothes you normally wear would tell you something about the person. Yeah. Because everything's so branded nowadays. Like if I show up in like my banner saga shirt or my like crypto naturalist, uh, stuff Uh or anything like that. No, I just need to, I need to get out of, uh, you you like, no, actually what you do is. You start the date off on opposite sides of the thrift store <laughs> with fifty bucks each, and then you buy each other clothes. Oh, all you get is all you get is like a fifty dollar bill, and then like their their measurements. Oh boy, basically. like small, medium, large. That's a way to start the date. Is like, hey, can you tell me what size clothes you wear? The least creepy yeah. and least invasive way to start a date. Well, the thing is, like, both of you have conscious. Like, the thing is. you would both have to consent to this like it's the consent is more is explicit sure like this isn't something so you'd have to like set it up through an intermediary like the uh the relational equivalent of paypal yeah essentially yeah (laughs) you'd have to have like a holding service so (laughs) so like this sounds like another just like the dominobler this is our another billion dollar idea i think (laughs) so what do we yeah you'd have to but you'd have to have like a guarantee to that the person isn't just a total fucking creep. Yeah. So this is a this is an uh, an Evan Dickin branded uh, service where you vet people, make sure they're not creeps, get their measurements, set them up together. 
this is a lot of work. This is a real like. Uh, yeah, but you get the you get the total novelty of having a having a completely blind date in an age where nothing is blind anymore. True. Yeah. Okay. But wait, wait, wait. It's called it's called the 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 program's called Novelties. <laughs> That's really fucking good. I gotta say. <laughs> Uh, but you don't know what they like or what their favorite colors are or what no, colors look good no, on them. No, you don't know anything. Okay, got it. So, so yeah, so I get there and the, you have this reveal moment because what you do is you go into the um, you go into the changing room and then the clothes that you are going to change into that they have selected for you is just laid out in the changing room and then both of you uh, pull back your curtains or open the thing up at once and come out and that's when you see each other for the first time. I hate this i love it but <laughs> which means that you are both wearing unwashed thrift store clothing number one yeah. strike for me <laughs> number two if you're a woman and you're on a date with a dude and he just buys you like a fucking bikini top you have to change into it it is what is laid out for you well uh, no you've i mean them. You've again them. yeah you've edited them okay, they're not going right. to be a shit fair stain enough, fair enough. right go ahead yeah that's not and that's not a, i mean and you can walk away from the date at any time so you okay. walk into there and you see a bikini top you're like oh i'm out Got it. okay okay Right, yeah. So I walk into the um, changing room. Oh, you're not just the president. Me. You're a member. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is still a songwriting, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I walk in there and there is a, um, God, what would a manic pixie dream girl buy for me? Uh, there is a one glove. Okay. One, one leather, one, one white, white, like uh, My, magician's Michael glove. Michael Jackson-esque. Okay. Yeah, no, no rhinestones or anything. Yeah, but just like one white, one white glove, um, a pair of like vinyl pants, uh-huh. uh, like electric blue vinyl pants, um, probably a uh, a vest, okay, and a pair of sunglasses. Okay. That's what's waiting for me. Interesting. Oh, and it probably, probably, probably because we have to go to eat after that, so we can't. You have to be semi appropriate. So she also got me like a uh, t-shirt, a Blink One Eighty Two t-shirt. <laughs> she knows you. It's pretty good. <laughs> You're a big, I don't really like you're Blink You're a big Blink guy. What? You know me. <laughs> Blinkin' and Stinkin' is my other podcast, everyone. So uh, just... Uh, but there's so many good podcasts we could do after this. So many good ones. <laughs> Blinkin', you'll miss it. Here's been another episode of Blinkin' and Stinkin'. That's so fucking good for an outro. All right. With Evan Dickin and his co-host, Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Oh, shit, you and Lynn. But me, and, I, I feel, me and Lenny boy. We are so close. There's there's Blinken and Dickin are like there, but not quite there. That's some like some authors uh we're we're taking well, some Blinken and Dickin is my uh my big pen uh po- clicking and Dickin is my pen Blinken podcast, right? There it there. is. <laughs> so I'm sorry, so so yeah. how many clothes are you wearing? What do you have on? How many clothes? I have <laughs> One, two, three, lots of lots yeah, I'm I'm wearing checkered socks. Sure. Um uh, wearing uh bowling shoes. Uh-huh. I'm wearing vinyl pants uh no underwear she didn't really think about she didn't think about that it's okay it's a thrift store that's okay (laughs) yeah they're i'm pretty uncomfortable i have a pretty comfortable night ahead of me vinyl pants with no underwear (laughs) and uh um sticky a vest a t-shirt and sunglasses so it's a short sleeve it's a short sleeve affair um the pants are a little bit too small for me okay okay so um yeah so like it's uh it's a pretty good kern song okay okay kern you've you've decided to give him a little portmanteau (laughs) Good. Yeah, like that's that. his Klingon. That's his Klingon name. Ah, experience beige. Uh, okay. Um. So <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I know from Klingon from the Star Trek VHS game, where the Klingon Koi experience beige. Um. Okay. Uh. So in my rating for this song, uh, I am uh single, and I decide that I want to go on a date. 
So I sign up for <gasps> Novelty. Use my service. <laughs> my favorite dating service that I've heard about from all the other rich eccentric people apparently who want to go on $50 dates and then dinner where someone else dresses them. Um, so I, uh, I go through and I pick out uh, a cool, like a sundress and a cool hat and uh what season is it it's winter i'm very bad at dating (laughs) (laughs) i'm just really awful at this and six pairs of panties um and i just i don't know what i'm doing i haven't dated in a really long time evan i wish my partner ever dressed a woman i wish my partner hadn't broken up with me and taken my child so i get to the dressing room and uh i look at the clothes that were laid out for me uh and it's like jeans and a cool graphic tee with some fucking like obscure marvel character on it and i'm into it i'm like oh shit okay this is cool maybe a a a flannel shirt it's, uh, it's got Toad on it. It's got Toad from the Super Mario Brothers universe. No, it's got the Toad from, from the, the X-Men? Like, yeah, from the X-Men. Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? Okay, got Brotherhood it. of Evil Mutants, Toad. God, isn't yes. it great that Magneto named his organization the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? <laughs> like, he had no pretense. Well, he's rejecting the societal definition of evil. Yeah, I think he was. it was meant to be provocative. He's a provocateur, that Magneto. You know Magneto. <laughs> Good old... Gosh, you, you lived through the Holocaust <laughs> once, and suddenly... <laughs> I do love that Marvel has something called Elastic History. I think it's called Elastic History, where, like, it used to be that Punisher's origin story happened in the Vietnam War, and then it was, like, the Afghanistan War, and now it's, like, or it used to be the Gulf War, and now it's the Afghanistan. Like, they push their history Mm -hmm. up to match. But Magneto is now, like, a hundred years old because they can't move his backstory away from the Holocaust. Like, it's so intertwined with it. He could, like, he could be, like, a, a victim of the, you know rwandan genocide that would be man that would be so cool oh that would be interesting not cool i'm sorry i didn't mean to call the rwandan genocide. <laughs> that would be so cool but to have a black magneto that would be interesting okay mm-hmm. um where the fuck was i so i uh, pick up the clothes and i start to put them on and i feel a little weird when i put them on and i like i'm getting a little woozy and then i realize these clothes smell like like chloroform a little bit and i like go to open the door but it's locked from the outside and that's the last thing i remember until i wake up and i wake up and it's dark and it's drafty it's cold and uh i i it's i don't know what i'm doing and i start to walk and i i feel around and it's cold stone walls and my my flannel snags on a nail and rips and pools and and i'm walking for days i don't know where i am and i every so often i hear snorts and grunts and then, like, oh, I'm realizing that, like, I've seen this place before. That skeleton? I've seen that skeleton before. I'm in... I don't know where I am. And then I, I, I see someone. I see a shadow in the night. And it looks like a, a human with the body of a bull. And then I realize, fuck, I'm in the fucking May. A bull with the body of a human. <laughs> Thank you, Evan. I realize, you gotta flip those, buddy. fuck, I'm in the, I'm in the goddamn Just a fucking, maze. A fucking bull with a human head. Hey, Centaur. hey. Get out of my fucking maze. Uh, and I, what I have to do is I have to pick up scraps of clothes from the skeletons to keep warm because they keep the maze real, real cold. They keep the AC on high in there. Yep. You know, Crete, it, uh, the Isle of Crete, very, south very of Greece, cold. is very cold. frozen wasteland. <laughs> uh, so this is me with uh, just various scraps of clothes on my body, the remnants of what once was good. I'm pretty clothed, but like, I don't know. It's just scraps. Um, so, you know, I'm not bundled up. Um, this song is fine. Like I said, it's filler. Uh, and it, uh, it traps me in the maze of Kevin Turns head. So I don't know. Ke- Herney boy, 
I can't wait to hear you do better. I can't wait to hear about your childhood buddy, Jerome, later. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Cannot wait. Ev, we'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. <laughs> hey, Evan. Like, I'm thinking of, like, half monsters now. You got me on half monsters. Okay, half humans have monsters, or just half yeah, monsters have yeah. other monsters? Like a, a goblin and a hobgoblin. <laughs> Those are the same thing. Everyone knows that. Are they that? I don't know. Yeah, let's like hobgoblin. Yeah, we talked about yeah, this before. Did. I. What about monsters? Yeah, we do. We have monsters. Half monsters. Um, I mean, one could argue that a minotaur isn't man the greatest monster of all eleven. <laughs> no, we don't. What happens when monsters interbreed? Um, they, I'm sure they're probably different species. I mean, like magically. Yeah. Like the if you have like some chimeromancer who is like, just a. Uh, wanting to i just want to see him fuck. <laughs> sure the breeder of the uh of the gross monster world um i had read a beholder with the katobra pass <laughs> <laughs> yeah interesting well so what what's what's your dream uh hybrid monster what's my dream what's my dream monster what's your dream monster um i feel like uh i gotta put a little vampire in there okay a little vampire because you can never go wrong with a little bit of vampire Always i'm gonna do like a, a i'm gonna say a, a twilight vampire uh-huh Mixed so with a, a, a human. I mean, you're making. <laughs> I mean, basically, vampires are just humans. But okay, a Twilight. Uh, let's say. Okay, how about a uh, um, a chimera mixed with a hippogriff? Okay, chimera and a hippogriff. Sure. What do you call? That's just like seven. <laughs> that's just like seven animals now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait. Because like chimera is what a. Uh, a chimera is a goat, a lion, and a what's the third head? Got me. Um, boy, oh boy. It's like, some, sometimes it's it's in D and D it's a dragon, but I don't think it's a dragon in or it's like a snake maybe. Okay, that sounds right. Sure. And then a uh, um, what did I say? What was the other one? A hippogriff. A hippogriff. So a um, horse. Oh yeah. So a chimera is a, a lion, a goat, and a snake. So we've got three animals there, and then from the hippogriff is an eagle. Uh, a horse and a lion. So we got double. We're doubling up on lions. This is the turducken of the uh, of the yeah. fucking animal world. I'm not a big fan. I just wanted to see how many how many uh, animals I could get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That checks out. Um, I think I might do. I think I'm gonna go for thematic. So I'm gonna put a Jiangxi, uh, 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 the Chinese hopping zombie. Oh yeah, uh, I know what they are. With the, Hopping vampires. Well, this is more for the edification of our listeners. With the, oh, yeah. Get the with the Loveland frog. Just don't bring, don't bring fucking Dracula here. <laughs> so a Loveland frogman with the uh, a Jiangxi. So this is just this is a, a horrible amphibious zombie that can jump so fucking high. This is just jump man, um, and uh, that's what I'm. But then like he like breaks apart. Yeah. When he hits the ground. <laughs> well, the Chinese hopping zombies don't fall apart when they hit the ground. That's because they don't hop very hard. I mean, the, the the reason why they hop is because they're like old Manchu like um, corpses, corpses yeah. basically that are like hundreds of years old and they can't. Their joints are all yeah, frozen yeah. basically from like like just being well, desiccated then, and they have to hop they kind of hop at you then it's my favorite kind of monster the kind that kills itself almost immediately the kind, the kind <laughs> that has no chance of reproduction uh so yeah i don't have to be worried about it which is even better yeah i'm trying to make monsters to improve the world ev to get rid of monsters you're trying to make horrible fucking fuck beasts yeah. 
Okay, how about a, a juice snake? Okay, tell me what a juice snake is. I don't know. You tell me. I'm just, uh, I'm just, we're just spitballing here. This is the commercial. This is the same as the fucking. All right, you tell me what a dominobler is, and I'll tell you what it does. Uh, so a juice snake is definitely a naga and a gusher. So it's a naga that's just filled with. It spits poison, but it spits uh, fruit, delicious. Yeah, fruity poison. Gets you all sticky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although I think if something bit you and injected you with gusher fluid, I think <laughs> you, you would die, die just as quickly yeah, as, as like venom. Nobody thinks of, of gushers as as poison, but enough of anything is killer. poison. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, especially like di injected directly into your bloodstream, most food will kill you. Sure, absolutely. Uh, okay, uh, Ev, you tell me uh, what a stink mobile is. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, if anything like juice snake was any better. A stinkmobile is a, um, what are those fucking guys called? Uh, Audiug. Okay, I don't know what an Audiug is. An Odiug or something like that. It's a, a stinky monster that lives in filth oh, okay. in Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, all right. Uh, mixed with a, um, well, actually, it's not mixed with anything. It's, you give an Odiug a, uh... Cookie, and then he asks for a glass like a, of milk. <laughs> no, it's like an Odiug in a, uh, um... One of those little tiny cars that kids drive. Oh, power wheels! Power a power wheel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an Odiug and like a, a power wheel that it can control, sort of like with one of those um, where you, where people like uh, quadriplegics you, like move sure. through the like breathing. Sure. Like, actually, I think Odiugs have like tentacles. Yeah, they do. Shit. I'm looking at a picture of an Odiug right now. It's got plenty of tentacles. Uh, oh, sorry, a pair of long tentacles. That plenty tennies. Bedecked in rough thorny growths. Um, yeah, yeah, they're uh, oval, bloated oval-shaped bodies. Yeah. They stand on three shuffling elephantine legs. <laughs> this is going to be a pretty fucking big power wheel. Yeah, it's a huge power wheel. Yeah. Uh, boy, I always love to look at the uh, first edition pictures of these creatures. It's always just a joy to me. Um, eventually, it, it turned... It used to be just like Oscar the Grouch, and then it turned into a fucking nightmare creature uh, by 5e. Um, yeah. Also, it's pronounced... Atyugs. Atyugs. At Atyug? Atyug. Huh. Yeah, I didn't I wouldn't have I've never that. I've never uh never actually heard it pronounced. Now you know. Buddy, see you did it. You did a stinkmobile. You didn't think you'd be able to. You cursed my name, but you're better. Just, I knew you had the potential in you. That's why I challenge you. Your party's down on the dungeon and you just hear like the <laughs> as like it like tries to back around a corner with fucking mobility. The fucking scene from Austin Power Powers where it's just yeah. yeah, has to do a 900 point turn. Yeah. Oh boy. Speaking of power wheels. Filthy monsters in power wheels. Speaking of filthy monsters in power wheels, boy oh boy. How about Andrew? Andrew's stuck in some sort of purgatory and has to read the Wikipedia pages for all the movies he was too spooked to watch in the real world. That's right, it's Wikipedia, the movie where Andrew does that thing that I said he does. This podcast currently hasn't been updating since August 21st, 2020, and is on hiatus. But you can binge all seven episodes on the Orange Groves. What do you think about that? Wow. Uh, same thing I thought before. He just reads the Wikipedia page? Yeah, dude. I don't know. I haven't listened to it. I'm sure there's some how many, twist to it. How many? How, how long are they? Uh, this episode is... This is episode seven, the final episode he released. It's uh, 31 minutes long. What movie is it for? Uh, it's for Doctor Sleep, Maniac Cop, and The Witch. Okay, so yeah... 10 minutes each? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. That, that kind of implies to me that he's just reading the Wikipedia straight through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm. flipping through this episode. And it... 
It really does seem like he's just telling you the reading you the wikipedia entry could be different that's right listeners <laughs> listen to this wikipedia because we're doing a great job of selling it like always <laughs> andrew has andrew's got a cult of personality he's a very very uh, uh charismatic dude so i'm sure this is more charismatic than i'm building it up to be anyway all well, we're obligated I, mean, I just our, list, our listeners trust us yes. so we're gonna we'll advertise anything uh advertisers but if it's if we're gonna drag it we're just gonna drag it that's that's how it's gonna go <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> Anyway, you can check out Wikipedia, no weeks, here on the Orange Groves podcast. Never though. again. <laughs> and we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bannock Ladies podcast. Now's the point in time when we spin this big wheel and figure out what our segment is for today. Oh, but we're going to get a new one today. <sighs> Thanks, that was fun. Spin again if you get this three oh, times good. in a row. <laughs> you immediately there, snapped to attention. You were tired? Yeah. Sell, sell, sell. What product could this be used in a commercial for? Ooh, okay. So another heartbreak. I am immediately, I think we've done it before, but immediately it's coming to mind some sort of... E-harmony. Yeah, dating. But see, you don't want the word heartbreak in your e-harmony ad, I would think, right? So maybe this is actually a commercial for like haagen or something. Some sort of like, <laughs> what is the most comforting heartbreak food? Maybe Stouffer's Macaroni? Stouffer's macaroni. That's what you, that's your go-to. After I break up, I buy a family-sized tray of mac and cheese, pop that shit in the oven, and I feel better by Ugh. seven. <laughs> that should be the Stouffer's tagline: "Better by seven. What a great fucking! I love that. Stouffer's, if you're listening, and we know you are, I am available for consultation. Yeah, you. I think it should be. You could do better, but you won't. <laughs> That's Stouffer's? Yeah, absolutely. We, bo- we both know what you're about. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, just, I just like, I do like how companies in general have gotten more cynical about advertising. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Twitter, the fucking Twitter snark uh, is powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about yeah, that's a- Stouffer's? Not enough time, too much family. <laughs> is that a good <laughs> Stouffer's uh, tagline? Yeah. <laughs> okay, they're all good. Uh, anyway, so... so- this is another heartbreak. <laughs> that's for uh, okay. So Stouffer's lasagna. Um, I think that's cool. All the complexity I've mistaken for simplicity. So maybe somebody buys it at the store. He like he's got a shirt on that says "I heart irony," and he looks at the Stouffer's and he goes, and he like makes a motion to his friend, like, "Wouldn't this be hilarious if I bought this?" And he goes home and he bakes it, and they're both laughing, and they both take the first bite. Him and his roommate at the same time, and they're like, and that's where it says like. All this complexity that I've mistaken for simplicity. For simplicity. <laughs> and uh, the the heart on his I heart irony shirt breaks. And that's when we get to the chorus. Mm. Another heartbreak with Jim. Well, I think that the, the, the other heartbreak uh, refers to him trying to make like actual dinner. Oh, um, So you shit. see, it's like one of those like grayscale things where he's like trying to like, f- like crack eggs into a bowl and he just like smashes them with his hands and like looks at his hands like why have I Shaking. done it like this yeah. <laughs> yeah with like fury like opens the refrigerator and then like everything falls out of uh-huh. it yeah in a way that you couldn't possibly have and like he pulls out his uh his steak which is like frozen solid but frozen solid in like a bad way where you can like see the ice crystals sure. and he's just like shaking his head uh, and, his, and his uh, kid... it's him preparing for it's him preparing for a date oh okay sure that's what he's doing he's getting ready for a date and um it becomes another heartbreak because he the man can't cook right 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 he's trying his he's trying his best but uh and then he furiously he runs down with his I heart ir- irony shirt to the grocery store and picks up Stouffer mac and Got cheese it. and that's what oh, saves so the day. Oh, so him and his date are eating it. Oh, okay. Yes. 
And then uh, the uh, hold on here comes the the hold on part at the very end. This is a, a three minute and forty second commercial for Stouffer's, I guess. Yeah, it's where it's where they keep trying to have conversation. One of them will have conversation, like say something like they're they're opening their mouth like they want to talk, and the other one just holds up a hand and then just shoves more Stouffer's into their <laughs> Time mouth. For more Stouffer's. Hold on, this is a date that is not going well. The guy keeps telling the woman, to like, "Hey, shut up for a second. I have to eat more Stouffer's. You could you could talk while I eat it, but it would really like hurt my enjoyment of the yeah. product." I to focus all my attention on what's going on right now in my you mouth you can leave if you'd like that wouldn't be i wouldn't hate that that wouldn't be another heartbreak maybe that's the last another heartbreak is he falls in love with the stofers and the woman leaves him on the date and then the yeah in the last scene of the three minute and 40 second commercial as the extra extra uh guitar distortion fades out as him finishing the last bite sure. of stofers Woo boy buddy Stouffer's. That's good. We that's a good pool. I think E Harmony was too easy of a pool. Mm-hmm. I think it's much This is a this is an A to G. Sure. I thought there would be more immediacy to it if he like his kids were crying in the background and his his wife was nagging him, but I do like the first date aspect to it. Um that's really fun. Ebo, great job. Great job. It's time to handle another email from our friends, our fans, our funny little freaks. This is an email from our fan and previous podcast network owner, James, or Jerome, excuse me. Oh, is this Kevin Hearn's friend? Yes, this is Kevin Hearn's friend, Jerome Wetzel. That's correct. Jerome Wetzel, Wetzel's Pretzels. Uh, he sent us... Is this where he finally says, like, hey, dipshits, <laughs> I finally listened to all the podcasts. Stop ragging on Marianne. Um, th- there's six questions he sent us. Do we want to answer all of them, one of them, or three of them? I say three, and we'll yeah. we'll just shotgun through them. Yeah. Okay, all right, and we'll save the yeah, other three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Um, uh, here we go. Oh, this is for you, Ev. Which BNL song is most in line with a conservative worldview? <laughs> it's not actually for you. Um, I think it's you run away. I think You Run Away is cynical, it's jaded, it's, like, clearly, like, pissed off. Um, this this represents, like, I've got no new fresh ideas, I'm just mired in the past, uh, wishing for something that once was rather than something that could be. Um, I think the... I think it's the one that, the, the one that Ed sings that we didn't, that didn't make any sense. Uh, stomach versus Heart? Ch- I, Charlie, Charlie Brown. Oh, same uh, thing. Super. Same thing, yeah. Why? It's same thing, because the conservative worldview never changes. They're standing, standing athwart the, uh, the progress of history, screaming stop. Sure. But at the same time, like, it also makes no sense and is self defeating. Okay, got it. I thought you were just basing it off of the title. Same thing, where that was that and okay. yes, yes and, and. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's same thing because ultimately it makes no sense to mm-hmm. me, like the conservative worldview, and uh, it's seems like the same thing as far back as you go. I mean, they may have changed names. Like, they're not... Repu- they're Republicans now, and they used to be Democrats. Sure. But uh, sure. that's pretty much it. They're still... Must have been the same must- thing. Still want to go back. Let's make America great again. Let's unfight the Civil War. The same thing you know? Charlie Brown went through. Um, which BNL member yeah. do you think will live the longest? <sighs> it gotta be, it's got to be uh, Jim Cregan. You know, I want to say Jim Cregan, but I also feel like if Tyler hasn't died yet... Then he's probably gonna outlive them all. No, no, it's a. Uh, I mean, we've talked about a BNL Deadpool before, but I think it's gonna be like Kev or Ty goes first. Then maybe 
well, Steve's not a member anymore, so we can't talk about his mm-hmm. death. So then he lives Ed forever. Is gonna be then Ed, and then, then probably yeah. We I Jim. think we've talked about Jim's elf lineage before and how mm-hmm. you know the affairs of man are are inconsequential to him. He's he's in Better Good Ladies for a lark, um, but mm-hmm. he knows that this is just the small sliver of his life, uh, and he won't remember his time with the boys very soon, which is very sad to me. Um, but yeah, you're right. Maybe well, Jim. I don't. I feel like that's so. You know, yeah, and and like thousands of years from now, Jim will be walking across the blasted wasteland of Earth, and he'll come across like a uh, like a Sony Discman half buried <laughs> in like a a coffee can, and like it's got a copy of Stunt in sure. there, and he like presses play and puts the earbuds in, and he's like, "Huh, that's some pretty good music," <laughs> but he doesn't he remember doesn't he was remember part it's of it. Him, that's so sad. Yeah, but something deep within him, he remembers. Oh. Like he's like, yeah. These songs plop. Oh, you really upset me with that one. What a bummer. Okay. Um, Who wants to live forever? uh, Last one. On the television series Watchmen, in the alternate history presented, many famous people are somehow inexplicably in government or leadership roles. Which BNL members might have moved on from music to hold higher office, and what are their jobs? So, this could be he wrote in Canada or the U.S. Mm. So, I think that... um, Let's see. Well, it depends on under who's under Trump. I think Ty goes on to hold department. He's he's the the attorney or the surgeon general. I think. I don't think any of the BNL people get jobs under the Trump White House yeah. because they have they are what they have a bare minimum of morals and ethics, thing, which you you can't you have to leave at the we door. We know that Ed basically. Ed was into public enemy, and we know that Ed was into you know maybe he's a sort of a destroy the system from within the system kind of guy. You know you got you got to you know. Get, I don't think he could pull it off. I think he would like. I think he would get he'd get in the door and then get purged like two or three times because he's not going to sit there and be like he's not going to lick Trump's nutsack like <laughs> every time. Yeah, but think about Trump loves ratings, right? So imagine somehow. Ed gets in, right? And then can you imagine the uproar if Trump were ever to fire Ed Robertson? The, I mean, people would be fucking like knocking down chairs all over the place if Ed mm-hmm. Robertson got fired. So I don't know if Trump would, would have the would have the balls to do it. Let's say um, this is the, the, B, the BNL boys. This is a future time. Mm. Uh, Trump is out of office. Mm. Uh, we had four years under Biden-Harris mm-hmm. for barely adequate neoliberal sure. years under under where some of the problems inherent in the system were papered over right but here comes the inevitable uh, liberal backlash to trump we are electing none other than the fucking bare naked ladies oh shit so a uh, canadian citizens <laughs> who have <laughs> so uh robertson is president hearn seems like he would be vice president right yeah, uh, either that or like majority whip. Okay, in, uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, and I think this is where Cregan leaves the band to retire to Rivendale uh, because he can't. I think Cregan becomes like head of the CIA. <laughs> Why? Because he's got that. He's got like a. He's got a very secretive vibe about yeah, him. Okay, I could see that. Uh, does Tyler do anything, or does he remain? Tyler becomes see, I... uh, head secretary of education. I think Tyler almost. I think I think they tell Tyler, all right, Ty, here's the deal. We're about to become the government. Uh, we need you to become the thing that we need you to become the, the balance to our check, 
right? So we're going to wipe our minds of what happened to you, but we want you, here's all the clearance, here's all the security codes. If we ever get out of hand, if the power ever gets to our head, you need to figure this out. You need to take us over. So Ty becomes the shadow in the night uh, who, who watches over Ed and Kev. Um, and that's his, that's his new role is, is the, the, the fist, the BNL fist is what he calls himself. And then, uh, what is Steve doing through all this? That's a good question. I think he goes back to Canada. Do you think he's next after Trudeau? Ooh, that would be a, a, a stormy relationship. We certainly, we're setting up the Robertson Page uh, dynamic all do you think over they again. Would, uh, do you think they would set aside their differences in the in the interest of national uh, unity? We've seen them do it for the Junos for the sake of an award, so presumably they would do it for national yeah, unity. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so maybe um, after they all... After their terms in office, BNL gets back Holy together. Holy shit! Wow, they, they got back together. Except for Ty, who has been lost to time, I feel like. Yeah, they have to hire uh, uh, Andy Cregan back in as their drummer. Any other drummer. <laughs> Literally anyone in the world who's good at drumming. I love Ty, and he does bring a lot of personality to the band. But do you feel like there's a, a skill ceiling for drummers? You know, I don't want to piss off any more drummers than I already have, so I'm going to say <laughs> you no. piss off a lot of drummers in your time? I, I've gone pretty hard on drummers okay. in my yeah, time. Yeah, that's true. Hey, uh, uh, Jerome, thanks for the questions. Uh, and uh, we'll get to your other three. And thanks for the pretzels. And thanks for the pretzels. <laughs> all right, Ebbo. That's it, and that's all, and that's what we did, and that's what it was. Gross. Good job. Uh, you can get with us Great job. on Twitter at BinDonePod. Get with us on Facebook. It's all been done American Ladies Podcast. Get with us on our Discord. Subscribe to the Patreon, where we have... Something like seven snack time episodes up there that are really fun and really great and and good mm-hmm. little snacks. You could binge them all. You gotta love them. Yeah. Um, you can leave us an iTunes review, Ev. Uh-oh. The way you said that, it seems like somebody left us an oh, iTunes you, review. No, they did. Uh, this Ugh. is a five... Thank you, but thank, thanks, no thanks. Thanks, no thanks. Uh, this is a five-star review uh, from <laughs> someone named Genghis Crime. <laughs> Uh, Genghis Crime uh, of course the title of the review is truncated it says a perfect pod for running and and then it's cut off Uh, five star review a perfect pod for conquering Asia listen up buds I'm here to run and jump and these boys help me to run and jump don't mess this up for me Evan is a handsome tree trunk man and Saker's hair feels right in my ears that's the life guys that's the life (laughs) thank you Genghis Crime Thank for, you very much, Genghis Crime. For what might be the perfect review of our podcast. <laughs> Here to run and jump. <laughs> boy, oh boy, these boys helped me to do it. Um, you can write us an email. It's all been done. A Bernic, whoops, nope. It's all been done podcast at gmail.com. Um, Ebbo, what you got mm. to plug this week, big boy? I got a big sunny day mm. to enjoy ahead of me. A big sunny day. It is beautiful out. Want to come to coffee mm-hmm. in the park with me and my family? Don't like coffee. Neither do I. I get a hot chocolate. Mm. Okay, never mind. I'm sorry I invited you. Yeah, oh, don't. Fuck. Please don't All invite right, me. To that's this. fine. Okay. Uh, I'm going to plug. No, I've got to go pick up mulch. Mulch. Oh, I've never mulched. And our yard is weedy. Our we are neither my partner nor I are green thumbs, and uh, we need you to come over, please. No, I mean we. I mulch to make it look not like shit, uh, well, but mostly I just rip out the uh, all. All you do with the should all you should do with the yard is rip out invasive species and just let it go. To, let it go okay, wild. Okay, that sounds fun. That's what I do. Um, 
We, uh, uh, I'm going to plug monster trucks. I miss the era in the early 90s of like Bigfoot and Sunday, Grave Digger. Sunday, Sunday. Exactly. Yes. I want to go back to the Stamp Auditorium and I want to watch monster trucks run each other over. Do you know they like, they can only go like a mile <laughs> on a full tank of <laughs> really? gas? That doesn't yeah. surprise me somehow. That's what we need. Uh, yeah, they burn like they burn like a gallon every hundred yards Jesus or something like Christ. that. It's just like some ridiculous like. I mean, that that speaks to sort of the the, the big excess. the big mood of the eighties yes. and nineties was like monster Absolutely. trucks. We need we need electric monster trucks. I think it's time for monster truck Priuses to come back into style. Gosh, yeah, we need like they need to run on like nuclear power yeah maybe you just drop a few uh plunkets of uranium in there and <laughs> plunkets of uranium <laughs> and we get it all gooping upright uh all right Evbo. those are all real technical terms i think <laughs> thank you those, those are all the those are all the terms for it uh i've been saker i've been evan and never shall we be again we'll see you again when the moon is right